This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back to the Dog Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, here to cover all things Dog Pound and Cleveland for you guys. I'm joined today by the one and only Riker Redding. What's up? DuPont champion. Oh, yeah. Rocking the Shaquem jersey, but don't worry guys, he does have a Baker Mayfield jersey. Uh, we're gonna, he's a Seahawks fan, so we're going to kind of talk about uh, are there comparisons between that young uh, Super Bowl contending team and the Browns now, or are the Seahawks still Super Bowl contenders? Uh, we'll kind of talk about Baker's trajectory a little bit compared to Russell Wilson, who you guys all know I think is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Thank you. And we did this like uh, $15 chart thing. Uh, it's kind of where you pick your QB, wide receiver, all that stuff. A lot of fun stuff. Um, but... Here he is, your Dupong champion, Sir Riker Redding. That's right. That's <laughs> right, my brother. Thanks, Shannon, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, been listening since day one. Since day one. I just. Hey, that means a lot, man. <laughs> that, was what, that means a lot. That's about two weeks ago. I've been listening since day one. <laughs> since day one. Follow, go ahead and follow him on the. I'm just going to plug for you. Just follow him on the, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, wherever you got social media. I'm, I don't know if you have an Instagram or not. I haven't been on Instagram. I do have an Instagram, but it's very poor. I, I'm just not a very Instagram y person. I haven't been lately either, so that's fine. Damn, I'll sit on Twitter for hours, though. Just, right. I just love interacting with fans and stuff. But I love it. Yeah, the Twitter account the Twitter account is growing, I mean, just more than I ever expected it. And you guys, uh, Nicole Bryant, uh, she tweeted the other day, finishing my day with some dog check pod, and I, I'm not going to lie, it's, that was, that made my day, like, that just, it's, it's coming, like, it's all coming full swing already, and, uh, so thank you guys all, but, uh, Riker. First things first, I kind of want to talk about, I have a, I have an absolute fascination with the Legion of Boom. I, I love Russell Wilson. I love Bobby Wagner. Um, you know, I'm 6'4", so when I would play football in the backyard, I would always say, I want to be Richard Sherman. On my flag football intramural teams, I always, I'm like, I'm playing lockdown corner. I want to be Richard. I want to be Sherman. I don't want to moss people or one-hand catch OBJ. I want to be Richard Sherman. So I've always had a absolute fascination with the legion of boom like they were just awesome to watch so my question to you is when you see this browns team now obviously comparing them to the legion of boom is a little disrespectful for what you guys accomplished but do you see any kind of similarities or if none at all kind of like what do you see in this browns team well first off i don't think it's disrespectful at all i think it is 
I think it's a secondary alone, too, not just the defense, but a secondary alone that a lot of people should compare themselves to. The Legion of Boom, they were a little bit older, but at the same time, it was like Richard Sherman was, I think, maybe six years in when they, you know, when they were starting to make their run. They still had a little bit. Earl was kind of the veteran on the team. Cam, Richard were all the same kind of age, and then we had Byron Maxwell off to the side, who was oh, yeah. who was the younger guy. I and think hero. one of those yeah. guys that doesn't get any rec- yeah. recognition, but he did stuff. Yeah, I know he was he was there for he got his ring, but I think with time, I think especially with Greedy, I think with time, you have superstar talent on your hands, and that's the thing. Before Seattle as a whole blew up, the Legion of Boom weren't really. You know, the high-name guys. Richard Sherman didn't even get his first NFL start, I don't think, until maybe his second season. So but, amazing. I know. But, uh, like, Byron Maxwell was just kind of a no-name guy until the Seattle secondary as a whole started to work together. Cam and Earl were kind of those guys that were the big the big names, but they were big names for a small team that wasn't doing a whole mm-hmm. lot. Back we were going 7-9, and nine, you know. We went 7-9 and nine back-to-back years, and... Oh boo hoo! Uh, How much that must have hurt. Seven wins is seven <laughs> wins is a lot for Cleveland. I forgot, but but uh, it's our best season in twelve yeah, years. Don't worry, you'll be able to look back at the one and fifteens and all that, and you'll be able to smile. But I think I see a lot of comparisons in the defense. I think especially on the D line, Seattle had a fairly young D line, and I think Miles Garrett's kind of that. I think he's the anchor, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and. I, like I, said, I don't watch a whole lot of Browns, but there is a lot of hype around them and a lot that you do see there. Miles Garrett's kind of been that guy. And I think you give it three, four years, I think he's in the comparison with the J.J. Watts of the league. I, I truly do, too. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you saw the article, but he did an article with Bleacher Report and uh, Greg Williams, just an absolutely terrible defensive coach. I was <laughs> mind-blown when people wanted him as our head, future head coach. He uh he only allowed Miles to use two moves rushing yeah. the passer. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun, but like you said, this year like he should be up there with Watt and Miller and uh, Mac as one of those top edge rushers. No one's gonna compare to Aaron Donald. Yeah, That's just say. laughable. Yeah. But he should be up there with those top edge rushers. Right. You know, you would think. Because really, Aaron Donald's kind of in a league of his own. Oh, absolutely, best and player in the NFL. Yeah, and then there's. And then you Connor Aaron Donald. There's about six, seven, eight defenders that you can put in that slot, including one Frank Clark that you disrespected before the show. Oh, I do not like that. <laughs> I just don't. I don't see much in Frank Clark. I his numbers were comparable to Olivier Vernon, yeah, who's now a Brown. And uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Vernon only played I think 11 games last year. Maybe I don't remember how many right. it was, but I don't know. Frank Clark does does his job, but I don't know. There's Ed Rushers I'm higher on, I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of Frank Clark's success was basically due to the Seattle success. I think he worked well in that system, especially when behind him you got guys like Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, and uh, even Shaquem when he got in. But I'm trying to think of the other linebacker. I'm drawing blanks. Did you say Bobby Wagner, K.J. Bobby K. J. Wagner, K.J. Wright, and then... Shoot, I'm blinking. Boy. I'm pissed off too because. Is it, well, you talk like early season. It was Michael Kendricks. But... Yeah, and then the whole suspension and everything. I might have been thinking of Michael Kendricks For because sure. he he got like suspended and then unsuspended and then suspended again. Yeah. So it was a big ordeal. I liked it. I think he was beating women too, just like Frank Clark. Yeah, could have been. But that reminds me of uh, of your new weapon for the Cleveland Browns, Kareem Hunt, who's going to help Baker Mayfield ascend. Hey, I I just imagine the shovel passes and. I. 
I I love Nick Chubb with all my heart, but yeah. I don't think people realize that Nick Chubb has a very big weakness in his game. Yeah. And it's the passing game. And he had the great catch against the Bengals. Right. And he had some great, you know, uh, little screen passes. But Kareem Hunt up there with Alvin Kamara and yeah. Todd Gurley are three Absolutely. of the best. Le'Veon Bell, but we have to see how that works. Yeah. So, some of the best receiving running backs that can do it all. There are running backs like James White who can receive. But right. Kareem Hunt's a, a power back that can receive. I mean, you just don't. He's a Madden created character. Right. He has made stupid decisions off the field, but he's 22 or 23. Hopefully, Dorsey bringing him in um, gets him the help he needs because he does need some. But, uh, yeah, Kareem Hunt's going to help out the Browns a lot. Yeah. And I remember the press conference when Kareem Hunt went to Cleveland, and the first thing they stressed was, yes, we're aware he's made the mistakes, but we're signing him based off of a football decision. Yeah. This is absolutely I, – I said when – you know, he got suspended and everything. I said, this is the best running back in the league. I didn't even say one-up. I said, this is the best running back in the league because he's still so young. He's yeah. getting better. Yeah, I, um, my, my personal favorite running back in the league is Zeke Elliott, but yeah. when people bring in the Saquon Barkley crap, it's like he's had no. one year, yeah. no film on him. Yeah. We can't say Baker's not one of the best quarterbacks in the league because they haven't adjusted to his play style, but say Saquon is the best yeah. running back in the NFL. That's so contradictory. And not to mention, Saquon just did a lot with a bad O-line, and I'm not going to discredit him because simply on the fact that he's got a bad O-line, but at the same time, I'm not going to blow him up like he's the next big thing, especially considering the Giants are going absolutely nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. So if we can see Saquon still do the things he did this year with a Giants team that's crumbling... Then maybe, then maybe I'll put him up there with you know the Todd Gurleys and yeah. and the Melvin Gordons and the Kareem Hunts and David Johnsons of the league. But until then, I just don't see it. No, he's still in that second tier, which is nothing to scoff at. But yeah. he's not up there. I'd say if anything, he's with maybe uh, I want to say maybe the Lamar Millers, the yeah. Chris Carsons, you know, the guys that are kind of there for their team, but they're not on an All Pro, you know, elite level. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Carson. What in the hell is wrong with the Seahawks in the draft? They refuse yeah. to be able to draft well in the first three rounds. And oh, then three to seven, it's just like, yeah, we're going to make an all-pro roster. Yeah. They got, with the first pick in their draft, I think it was 29th, yeah. they traded about 2,000 yeah. times. and I was pissed because we always trade. And I <laughs> saw, we had 21, and we traded it to Green Bay, and I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. And I said, watch us trade the next pick. We did. Yeah. Because I think we had 26, and we traded it back to the 29. And the, the thing that makes me mad, like, I was like, yeah, okay, they're trading back, they're getting picks. Until they they got L.J. Collier. Yeah, who we did not need. He, I, I don't want to compare him to Trey Flowers, because Trey Flowers is a pretty good edge rusher. Yeah. He could be better, but he's just a pocket mover. He's not, an, he's not a gonna beat you around the edge. He's just gonna move you with pure force, and I just don't think that's what the Seahawks needed. I think no. in that division with uh, Gurley and the play-action passes right. and then San Francisco's spread offense and Kyler Murray, I think you needed a quick guy. But you're, the two dra- uh, the draft pick I love the most for the Seahawks was Ben Burkirvin. Yeah, I, I would have taken him at pick 17 if the Browns still picked him. Like, right. I am pounding the table. Yeah, and it really is. For Ben Burkirvin. <laughs> oh, literally. And it really it was... It was another, the same thing like Shaquem. It was just a, a nice draft story. 
and he's from Washington. Yep. It's just perfect for the whole situation's perfect for him. I hope to see him flourish. Yeah. I, I really do. I I told my buddy, my roommate back up in college, Brody was a uh, diehard Seahawks fan, and we'd get in fights all the time about the Seahawks and the Browns. Yeah. And I just kept saying, the Seahawks need to get this guy named Ben Burkerbin. He's from the Huskies. Learning from the best middle linebacker in possibly NFL history. I mean, yeah. it's it's definitely up for debate. If not, yeah. he's top three. Yeah, he's. I he's I can't great name. Getting better. I mean, Brian. People are gonna say Brian Urlacher, but that was yeah. more his name and his giant ass yeah. and shoulder pads. Like, right. Bobby Wagner doesn't have a single, even. He's not even just good at one thing. He's yeah. absolutely elite at every right. single part of his game. And he's quiet. Yeah, That's absolutely. I've never I, heard him talk. Yeah, I remember, and even the media doesn't even do. I remember uh, all up into the season, and I've I am the biggest Bobby Wagner fanboy there is. I've got his jersey at home. I love him. He's I'm not gonna say he's my favorite Seahawk because it was Doug Baldwin until you know, but uh, he's one absolutely one of my favorite Seahawks. I think he's gonna go down as one of the all time great Seahawks and hopefully one of the all time great linebackers. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm a blowhard for Bobby Wagner. Uh, all, <laughs> As am I. Yeah, and then all season long, I hear nothing until he gets a pick six against Nate Mullins, a, I think third or fourth string quarterback. But, <laughs> third. But, yeah, third string quarterback. And he did all right his debut, but he was playing the Oakland Raiders, who we all, who we also waffle stomped that year, so big deal, you know. But he gets a pick six against Nate Mullins. And then... The next week against the Vikings on Monday Night Football, they will not shut the hell up about Bobby Wagner. And I'm like, oh, well, this just makes up for, you know, the past, you know, seven, eight years mm-hmm. that he's been tearing it up and gets no respect whatsoever. And I think K.J. Wright's now kind of in that same time. I'm not going to compare him to Bobby Wagner, but K.J. Wright's also in that. We have him right on the side of Bobby Wagner. I think he's fantastic. I think he's, you know, I think more product of, you know, the Seahawks defense, but they put him anywhere, just like Byron Maxwell. You put him anywhere else, he's not really going to do well. But I think he's absolutely up there, and I think he elevates Bobby Wagner's stock perfectly. Yeah. I think that defense as a whole is only made stronger by Bobby Wagner, but if you take that defense out, Bobby Wagner, well, if you take him out of that defense, Bobby Wagner is a perfect mentor for any young linebacker. Oh, absolutely. I, and I, I love Bobby Wagner. I love Richard Sherman. Not very big on Earl or Cam. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty big on Cam. He, I was, he was another hard worker. Yeah. Uh, nose down. I but, was uh, big on Earl until, you know, flipping off our sidelines and begging for more money. And it just sets a bad example for your teammates. And I would, and it especially hurt me because the whole Jason Garrett thing, when he, I, I didn't mind that so much because it was more, hey, if Seattle doesn't resign me, come get me. But then he breaks his leg. He knows the Cowboys aren't going to go after him now. Because he's now had a second broken leg, mm-hmm. he's injury prone. He's playing on a spaghetti leg, <laughs> but he, but he still wants to take it out on us. Like we didn't injure you, you know. Some pussy in Arizona injured you. We didn't injure you. We didn't cause this to happen. You sat out all off season. You didn't want to go, you know, to the OTAs. You didn't want to go to the training camps. You didn't want to go to any of this shit. You didn't want to participate in the preseason at all. You didn't want to show your face, but you want to blame us mm-hmm. for you breaking your leg. Like, we offered you the training, we offered you the rehab, we offered you everything. And we said, play out this season and we'll see about how we can do for a contract. And looking back at it, we gave Russell that big contract too, and the Earl's ha- and signing Earl Thomas wouldn't have helped that at all because Russell's money would have been going to Earl, and I see Russell was more valuable than Earl. But at the end of the day, 
he's been there since I think 2010. He's been the face of that defense. Yeah. He was the leader of the Legion of Boom. He was there for the Super Bowl. He was there for everything. He's given everything, and I thank him for that. But he just went off on a bad note, and I don't think anyone in Seattle really wants that. And then you have guys like, like we said, Bobby Wagner, who's the other side of that coin, who's there. I remember it was the game after it was the Monday night game against the Vikings, and Frank Clark was talking about even if we don't make the playoffs, which I think we still possibly clinched a spot, but I think later on in the Sunday, not in the Sunday, it was the, later on that week, a certain thing had to happen. We pretty much had the spot, but it wasn't fully there. But he said, if we make the playoffs, if we don't make the playoffs, I don't care. I'm going to try everything I can to do what I can for this team. And he credited a lot of it to Bobby Wagner because Bobby Wagner was there. Frank Clark's been in the league, I think, four or five years. Yeah, He's still a younger guy. But Bobby Wagner takes these kids under their wing and turns them into, you know, loyal players that bust their ass to get where they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's exactly what they, people need sometimes, too. I know. I just say they say the linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. Absolutely, especially middle linebacker. And then I look at our quarterback and I look at our linebacker, and they're both on the field and off the field leaders. And that's something that puts a smile on it. We can go zero and sixteen, and I know you personally know what that feels like. Yep. We can go zero and sixteen. Hurts a little. That's a little raw, right? Yeah, I know. Very cool. Sorry. We can go zero and sixteen, <laughs> and I'll still be satisfied because we're not going to have a negative mindset about it. Yeah. Especially so. yeah, Russ and Bobby. Um, yeah bring that kind of mindset so as much as I love some of these players on the Seahawks yeah I do want to ask you some questions about Browns certain Browns players yeah and if you like since you're a Seahawks fan if you don't know much about them just yeah go ahead tell me um but first one I kind of want to ask you about you just said that the linebacker is the quarterback of the defense yeah do you know much about Joe Schobert or I know I know a little bit I just think so. There's this, uh, there's this feeling out there that Joe Schobert may not get his money. Right. He's a free agent after this year, right. and I just middle linebacker. I think he was rated second in coverage last year by PFF. Right. Um, he when he was out last year, I think he missed three all three game like three games, and I mean the defense was just lost. We lost all three games, um, and the other thing was is. He came back from a hamstring tear early mm-hmm. because he had never been injured before, and he's like, well, I don't want to just sit here. Like, he's that right. kind of mindset. Right. I just feel like you know this from perspective. I mean, from uh, yeah. your past with Bobby Wagner, and your guys are going to have to pay him again here soon. Mm-hmm. T- will you just tell our listeners how important it is to sign back your middle linebacker? Like, it's not – that's not a good – that's like a quarterback. You can't yeah. just flush him out and get new ones. Yeah, you absolutely can't lose a middle linebacker. And I remember – Erlacher retired with the Bears, as an example. And then, I think he was still an outside linebacker, but Lance Briggs, Mm -hmm. he had that shitty attitude. He had the, you know, pay me and I'll play for you attitude. And it wound up costing him. And I think that's an attitude you can't afford to cost as a player because no team's going to want to sign you. But more importantly, as a team, you have to, at some point, break down and give them their money, regardless of their attitude, because that's not a position you can just draft. Like, Carolina just drafted Luke Keekley and he became an absolute monster. But that's, you know, Von and Von Miller in Denver. That's those rare situations yep. that don't happen these days. No. Because most teams have their linebacker and aren't going to take a chance on young kids out of college. Exactly. I think, and um, with 
you you look at the last couple Super Bowl winners. Um, so you go to uh, uh, New England last year. They had mm-hmm. Van Noy. Mm-hmm. I he was everywhere on the field, every yeah. play. Uh, the Eagles, they had uh, I'm I'm uh, forgetting his name. Dog mask. I know that. Is it? Was, was Brandon fo- Graham considered a linebacker? I think so. They had Brandon Graham, yeah. and I think they had I think his name's Zach Martin or Zach Brown. Yeah. One of those two. There's two NFC Zach something. Oh, the, the, the country singer. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Zach Brown band. I'm I am sponsored by that. Oh, okay. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm taking money. And then, uh, then you go back to the Seahawks, and they always had Bobby and KJ Wright. Yeah. And uh, Carolina, when they got there, they didn't win. They had Luke Keekley. You need a linebacker. Yeah. You need him. I think personally. And again, you might not know much about him, but Demarius Randall, someone mm-hmm. who's you, he's probably demanding as much as you know an Earl or right. a, a Matt, a Honey Badger made. And yeah, he's just not worth it in my opinion. I think we have, I think we have two future lockdown corners. Right. We have a quarterback in the middle of our defense. Yeah. We have a lot of linebacker talent uh, coming in with Taki Taki and Jannard Avery. We have a stout defensive line. I just don't think that free safety center is a position that needs $12 million anymore. I think right. you can bring people into that position with a draft easier than a linebacker. Right. And I think, yeah, I think it's especially the case with, with, with secondary players. And I think Earl even going to Baltimore, I think he only made $8 million. I don't remember the exact number, but it was smaller than what he was wanting from Seattle. But I think there's just not as much of a demand for a, a secondary player nowadays as there is for – you know, the front four and for the linebackers. Because, and, like I said, Carolina is a good example of it. They have their money invested in their D-line and in their linebackers. The secondary just has to show up and half-ass do their job, and they're good. And that's why they could have afforded to get rid of a guy like Josh Norman, who's also one of those mouthy players that, you know, likes to talk money, likes to do all the But it's just you can't really do that anymore. And there's not a lot of secondary guys in the league anymore that are worth you know, the linebacker money that are worth the defensive end money. They're not, you know, they're not going to quarterback the defense. And a lot of secondary players historically have had kind of that egotistical since primetime day. They've had that egotistical money hungry, you know, you see them out on the field. If the quarterback overthrows the pass 10 fucking yards, they're over here celebrating like they done, like they did something, you know, they're over there dancing and, you know, doing whatever. And in reality, the quarterback, I hit on the throw and, you know, but yeah. the defensive end said, no, all right, all right, get back to it. But so, historically, I've always seen secondaries as the more egotistical play, like the safeties in the corners. They've always been more egotistical. They're more ego-driven than they are the good of the team. Yeah. And especially in Seattle when you've had, you know, you've had the, the big personalities, you know. You've had the Earls and the Richard Shermans on the team that, you know, they do all the talking for the organization. And in some cases, that's harmful and that's toxic. And I think regardless of how good a player is, any form of toxicity in the locker room is just not good for the team as a whole. No. And there are there are some players you can overlook, like a Richard Sherman. That it's not it's really not toxic as it is. He's just got an ego. Yeah. He puts his he wears his heart on his sleeve and stuff like that. And he's still doing that in San Francisco. Yeah, it's just the kind of player that gets under someone's skin. Yeah. But it doesn't. It Con- won't destroy a locker room to the brink yeah. of not being able to win. It's kind of like uh, God, what's his name? Played for Denver. Played for New England. Asian-looking guy in the corner. Aqib Tlaib. Aqib Tlaib. Yeah. Aqib Tlaib is just an absolute distraction. Just an absolute nightmare. That's why he can't stay anywhere. 
But I think, what, Courtney Roby went ahead and stole his job in Denver, I think. Yeah, Brad, yeah. Bradley Roby. Bradley Roby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Akeem Tlaib is, like, on NFL Network all the time right yeah. now. It's like, dude, you're still in the league. It's like, come on, like, where are you? And it's just, that's the kind of you don't want to have, especially during the Super Bowl when he was, I think he was even ejected, I don't remember. In the Super Bowl, he was swinging on players. He was doing this and that. I remember that. him swinging. I don't remember if he got ejected or not. Yeah, I don't remember. I think someone did in Denver. But that Super yeah. Bowl, I don't like to talk about. Just because I've always been NFC heavy. Just being a Seahawks fan, I've always been an NFC guy. And half my family's Carolina fans anyway. I've even got a tattoo on my forearm for Father's Day. You know, I don't even have a Seahawks tattoo, so that's... You know, a level of whatever. Well, I, I'm I'm sorry that the AFC has stolen so many Super Bowls from you. I know New England, Pittsburgh, weak ass division, assholes. NFC. But an NFC and seeing Carolina go 15 and one, they had the number one offense, the number one defense, they were killing it, and then they just sit down and lay an egg for Denver, who was also laying an egg. I think Peyton Manning has the record for the least amount of passing yards by a quarterback in Super Bowl history, and they still won. Yeah. And a lot of it goes back into the conversation we had, like, Von Miller won MVP. Like, the linebackers have to be the most important position. Yeah. But you didn't hear much from Aqib Tlaib. You didn't hear much from any of their secondary. It was Von Miller, Von Miller, Von Miller. And this year before that, when we won the Super Bowl, Malcolm Smith, our linebacker, won Super Bowl MVP. I remember it, him. It was, yeah, he's on the Raiders now, so fuck him. But, uh, but it was Malcolm Smith, Malcolm Smith, Malcolm Smith all game. Yeah. You know, you heard a little bit of Cam Chancellor and then, Obviously, the offense was running the ball, and Percy Harvin had that. It was just a beautiful game. I remember every Percy second of Harvin. it. Could have what could have been, but he had that Super Bowl moment, so I'll thank him for that. He pretty much put the nail in the coffin to start the second half. But the safety early on, it was just defense, 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 and a lot of the defenses become sort of the hard-nosed backbreaker football that's played up front and played by the linebackers, and I like that direction that they're heading in. Mm-hmm. And. You even see it like with the receivers and everything. They're getting cocky or they're getting showboated. They're pulling off these trick one-handed catches and shit. You can't do that if the secondary is locked down on you. The secondary is kind of becoming a dying art form. So yeah, I, uh, I, I personally, I, I love cornerbacks. It's my favorite position. Yeah. I when Denzel's contracts up, I, I would let them pay forty million. I don't. Right. I don't care. I mean. I just love the secondary, but uh, I kind of want to talk about, like, Baker's trajectory. So you've Mm -hmm. seen Russell Wilson come in as this 23-year-old rookie, as did Baker. Um, Same play style to Mm -hmm. a point. Um, Russell Wilson, especially now at Seahawks, runs a more run-heavy offense. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield in college ran that spread, but they're both tremendously accurate, two of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. And they're both two of the top three best deep ball throwers in the NFL. Um, they both have leadership different ways. Baker's a vocal leader. Russ is a... Uh, kind of like a field general. Yeah, he's more like that soldier type. He just goes out there and people follow him. And and Baker has that too. I mean, I've never seen people flock to a quarterback more than they do to Baker. Especially in Cleveland when you yeah. had... You know, the, the Brady Quinns and the Derek Andersons and Colt McCoys. Don't respect Derek Brandon Whedons. Don't disrespect Derek. Best backup QB in the league, I'll give him that. <laughs> and uh, He's bailed Cam Newton out a lot. but I uh, So I just kind of like, we're, comparative to what you saw in Russ at such a young age, Yeah. do you see some of the same things in Baker? Do you see anything in Baker? Well, like, I'll start by saying Baker broke Russell Wilson's rookie record. He because Russ, did. Russell tied... 
Baker, uh, not Baker Mayfield, Peyton, Peyton Manning's for the rookie touchdown passing record. Baker Mayfield did it in three last games because Tyrod's starting the first and few Hugh weeks. Jackson as a coach. Yeah, not to mention I don't even think he got that Thursday night game where he first got pulled in. I don't even think that was to what the third quarter. It was the two minutes left, and it was is a two minute drill in the second quarter. Yeah. So even then, he didn't even his first start wasn't even a full game. No. And I mean, to be fair, it was the Jets. But when you when one of your I think was it his first passing touchdown was to himself. His first no that was no that a, was a receiving touchdown. Though. That was a two point conversion. His first yeah. passing touchdown was to Darren Fells over the middle <laughs> of the field in Oakland. Darren Fells yeah. had ten. No, let me get this right. I think he had seven catches and then like four touchdowns. Yeah. He had like more touchdowns. Then he did half his catch it. Right. Just crazy. But yeah, his first touchdown came in that, and his first complete start, and that the score was like 45-42, to 42, so they just put up numbers. Right. Yeah, but as, as far as Baker goes, I think Baker's already where Russell was. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that Baker will get you know, to where he is now, because I don't know. It's still Cleveland. Pittsburgh still... Has a you know, oh, hell no. has a grip on the division. Baltimore is getting better, so I don't know as to where the NFC West. Russell's first few years, it was kind of a bit of a weaker division. You had San Francisco, but they were falling apart, and it's nothing like it is now, and that's showing. But I think weapons wise, you got to look. Russell Wilson didn't have Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. at one and two, or Kareem Hunt. Or Kareem Hunt, and did you still have Duke Johnson, or was that the one you released? Yeah, we still. Yeah. Yep, Duke is still on the team. Yeah. I personally miss Isaiah Crowell, but whatever. But uh, he didn't have, you know, he's – and after Beast Mode retired, there was a few years where he didn't have a running back at all. So Baker's also got that Talk about Cheeseburger Lacey ain't no yeah, running she, back? Oh, he's a fucking offensive <laughs> lineman. He's like Refrigerator Perry getting the ball in the Super Bowl is what Eddie Lacey is. But He's bigger than Jerome Bettis. Yeah, right. But he also – and I, and I like the tight ends, too, because I think David Njoku is a star. I drafted him last year. I think He's, he's a tough fantasy guy. I think yeah. he'll be much better this year. Yeah. Tight end's one of those positions where, yeah. unless you're George Kittle, it takes you a couple years right. to get it. Especially job. with, like, Barnage gone and everything. Glad I, that mower is just driving by right yeah, now. Yeah, nice mower. I love the outsides, too. I actually do. It's nice out right it now. It is nice out. But, <laughs> but with Barnes leaving, I think it's kind of left that gap for Njoku to kind of sneak into. And I think he could be maybe a top five tight end in the league. He's and, got the athleticism. Yeah. Especially, like I said, Barnes is gone. Gronk's gone. Eifert's, you know, injury prone. Greg Olson's on his way out. Jimmy Graham's not shaped up to be shit. Yeah, all the tight ends in the league yeah. are in the NFL except but, for Travis Kelsey. Or but, in yeah. the NFC except for Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And to be fair, Eric Ebron, if he hadn't gotten hurt, and Jack Doyle, I think the Colts have two. Really good tight ends. I I personally think Eric Ebron's going to slow down a little bit this year. A little I bit. think people didn't he, they, he wasn't used properly in Detroit, yeah. so he didn't have much film on him. Right. Still think Ebron's a great player. Yeah. And Andrew Luck's just going to elevate him because Andrew Luck's yeah. a damn stud. Yeah, but I love all these tight ends that are because right now it's an awkward time for tight ends. All these other tight ends that are kind of coming up out of the woodwork. Seattle's got you know Nick Vanette, you know. Hey, they have uh, Will Disley if he can ever come yeah. back from that catastrophic. Yeah. I know, it's horrible. I, if he comes back, it won't be till late this season, I would yeah. say. It's not like a John Carlson situation where his career is just over. Yeah. But My my yeah. uh, roommate's a Seahawks. Like I said, my ex-roommate was a Seahawks fanatic, and he he loved Will Disley. Yeah, so I, I never watched his college date, but apparently he was a stud. Right. But, like, but yeah, but like I said, all these tight ends, they're coming up, and I think Njoku's right up there with this up-and-coming group of tight ends. 
and I think Baker Mayfield is the perfect quarterback to utilize him because from what I've seen, Baker Mayfield doesn't play favorites. He throws to whoever's getting open. Absolutely. He throws to whoever's the – I think – I don't remember if it was the Carolina game or it was another one, but it was just everyone just seemed to be open. Carolina game. That yeah. Carolina game, the Falcons game, yeah. Bengals, it just all like yeah. – Flex. Who had ever heard of Rashard Higgins before yeah. this year? I mean – Right. And you know, it, he, he does this thing with that Russell Wilson's done with guys like, like Tyler Lockett and Golden Tate, and we had this conversation the other night. Like, all these who elsewhere have been nobodies. Yeah. Lockett, not so much because he's always been in Seattle, but Baker Mayfield has that same, I guess that same power almost. Yeah. It's not really a power, but that it's, same. I, that, I, yeah. It's, <laughs> he's a superhero for Cleveland, yes. so. But, um, we need a superhero name for Baker Mayfield. He's Cleveland ca- fans, he's, get on. He's Captain that. Cleveland. I mean, that name's already taken. We got but, Dangerous for yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then TB12, that's a lame-ass yeah. nickname. My dad calls him Baker Baker, the touchdown maker. But Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that for now. But right. we, need to, <laughs> we need a shorter nickname. We need a shorter nickname. All right. But, uh, but he just has that ability, just like Russell does, to turn receivers into superstars. Yeah. And, like... I remember Doug Baldwin before Russell Wilson got there. We had a couple of years with Tavares Jackson and Charlie Whitehurst. Oh, God, God rest Tavares my soul. Tavares Jackson. If you didn't yeah. pick him in like Madden 07 with the Vikings to just yeah. do sprints around your defense, you were yeah. doing it wrong. And then he died. And then he <laughs> went, and then Brett Favre came in and took his job. And he's like, all right. But yeah. he did all he did all right. He just didn't have a team around him. But with, but with Tavares, he, Doug Baldwin was a rookie, I believe when Tavares Jackson was our starting quarterback, and there just wasn't any hope for him. Russell yeah. Wilson comes in, and at the time, we had Golden Tate, we had Percy Harvin, we signed T.O. for 10 minutes in preseason, and then got rid of him. But I didn't know that little... They, yeah. Why'd they cut him? He's too old. I think the Jets signed him after that and cut him in the preseason, too. But <laughs> but, uh, but he says he can still play. Right. But, but, uh, but, yeah, I think Golden Tate was the number one. I think Sidney Rice... Yeah, Sidney Rice was the number two. And then num- Sydney Rice. Yes, wow. Sydney Rice. Shame he got true. injured so much, but and then number three, fuck, who did I just say? I'm trying to remember, but Baldwin was the number four. He wasn't anybody, and then all of a sudden, Sydney Rice retires. Golden Tate leaves. Um, shit, I dead ass forget who I just said, but Were you, was it receivers? Yeah, receivers. You said um, Baldwin was a four. Sidney Rice was in there. Yeah, Sidney. But anyway, these receivers Theo. kept. Yeah, these, these these receivers kept leaving, and any other team would be like, "Shit, we got to draft a new receiver," just like we did with fucking DK for some reason. Which I'm not mad, but I'm also not happy about it because he's not Doug Baldwin. But Doug Baldwin was still there, and he just went up. Oh, Ricardo Lockett is who I was thinking of, but but Doug Baldwin was just there. And Russell said, all right, here you go. Here's the ball a couple times. That's all it took. Yeah, it's trust. Once you trust someone. Yeah. Baker has this, just you can tell, There's uh, there was two or three plays this year where you could just, one was against Carolina, which I'm sure your brother was not happy about. Uh-huh. He, uh, he was scrambling around. No, sorry. It was not against Carolina. It was against the Falcons, so I'm sure your brother was happy. Right. He uh, was scrambling around, rolled out to his right, Threw one to Richard in the back of the end zone, and then the most famous one was Richard and Baker was Baker scrambling on that third or fourth down against the Ravens last week, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, threw it. He threw it up after scrambling for probably six or seven seconds, and right. Richard Higgins was there open. It's just like when a receiver and quarterback have 
a connection like Lockett and Baldwin and Russell did. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you just pray that your quarterback can get that. It's it's like uh, yeah. Edelman and Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. It's just that connection. Yeah. It's and I trust Devonte Adams and Randall Cobb yeah. and Rogers. Like. Right. And I think, I think absolutely having Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., which is a dream, which is a dream team, really. Like, I still remember the meme. Hugh Jackson gets fired, and then his team becomes the fucking Avengers all of a sudden. But yeah, Jarvis like, is really heavily paid, for my opinion. Yeah. But to have him with Odell, especially even for one year, like if you restructure him after this year, whether he'll restructure or not, and if you keep him. Things could be worse, guys. Right. Things could be worse. But you know what? It'll be worth it for that for that ring, you know. <laughs> but uh, exactly. But, uh, it's it's great because Jarvis Landry and Odell, they just have that comparison. Oh, they just have that not comparison. They just have that connection. It's almost like they went to college together or something. And <laughs> lived together in college. Right. But I just think Baker having that ability to to get to open receivers and having. Two of the some of the deadliest sure-handed receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. I think you could probably bring Brady Quinn back from the grave, and you would have exactly. Like, you could have you know the the fucking ball shooter machine from the practice squad. You know, you can have literally anything, and they're gonna connect. Like you could have our backup right guard play quarterback. Yeah, basically, Garrett Gilbert will look like AAF Garrett Gilbert if Baker Mayfield goes down. Yeah, but um, but I think with that, and then having a solid run game with Duke and Kareem. I think having the solid tight end play and the improving offensive line. You're forgetting Nick Chubb. Yeah. Fuck Nick Chubb. I he's, love Nick Chubb. He's not Kareem Hunt, all right? Back of the bus. Better than Duke Johnson, though. Yeah. In my opinion. I'd say that. But it's just a shame old boy from Ohio State can't you know, can't play for his hometown team no more. I forget his name. Carlos. He's, yeah, Carlos Hyde. Real irrelevant. But... And I <laughs> and I googled Baker's stats from last year. He had 3,700 plus yards, 24 touchdowns. Int. That's real similar to Russell's rookie year, which I didn't Google. But I remember him having the same range. Obviously, you know, less touchdowns. So I think three less touchdowns. Yeah. But I think this year, I think yardage wise, there won't be much of a difference. I think he'll get about maybe 300, you know, th- uh, 3,800, 3,900, which is still an improvement, but not by much. But I think the short yardage touchdowns. I think a lot, you know, like I said, the sure-handedness of the receivers, I think that's going to play out big. I got him having 31 touchdowns next year, which I know compared to Mahomes is like 52 is nothing, but... Mahomes 52 doesn't happen very yeah, often. Yeah, it, didn't, it didn't, doesn't happen very often, but that's what I'm saying. I think for any other quarter, any other quarterback, we'll see 31 touchdowns and see that as an absolute win. That's interesting. I, yeah. I like that. And then I have him throwing 15 interceptions. Like I said, just the sure-handedness of the receiver. There's not going to be any of those dumb plays where, you know, the receiver can't reach the ball. I think Odell's obviously proven that he can go to whatever length he has to to catch the ball. There's not going to be any dumb should-have-been-caught passes that get picked off. The, I think the incompletion percentage goes down. I think, yeah. like I said. And then, you know, the other receivers, too, they can, they can learn a lot from Jarvis and Odell being together. And I think that, as a whole, makes your receiver group. It's a lot like Seattle. The receiver group learns off of each other. And there's yeah. really been no veteran guys until, you know, Doug got older. I think... I would I would absolutely count Jarvis and Odell as veteran guys. They've been in the league for a minute. Yep. Obviously not like the seven, eight-year veteran guys, but they know what they're doing. They're on their second contract. Yeah, they're on their second contract. They know what they're doing. They've, they've, they've been they're in leaders. Situ- yeah, they've been in situations before. And I think Odell especially... And you know, even Jarvis being with Miami and everything, they're both hungry for the playoffs. Yep. And overall, 
I've, I'm still sticking by it. I got the Browns going nine and seven. I have them second in the AFC North, but I absolutely have them clinching a six. Ugh. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear that, but that's a lot nicer than you know two uh, four every year. So Isaac Young and I just recorded an episode two nights ago. Yeah, I messed up on my part. I put a setting wrong, so the, right. the entire thing was echoed. But we went over our uh, what we thought the record would be for the Browns. I'm just gonna tell you guys now, mine is twelve and four, <sighs> and that's modest. being conservative. Yeah, on my end and. With your prediction with Baker Mayfield's stats, I actually have him at like 4,200-ish yards, yeah. 41 touchdowns, but 17 interceptions. I uh, I just think with Callaway and Jarvis and uh, Odell and Rashard Higgins and right. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and, oh, I just don't – I just – Ninjoku, I just think this is going to be a crazy high-powered offense. Yeah. I think this offense is going to be better than last year's Chiefs offense. Because really? that's bold. I think they're gonna have about the same passing game. They might not have the amount of touchdowns, but I think that they're going to have more rushing touchdowns than the Chiefs did. I mean, they have the same running back now. And, and Nick <laughs> Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb was a rookie and ran for a thousand yards and I think eight touchdowns. Right. But why the hell do you hate Nick Chubb so much? I don't. <laughs> I really don't. I'm I gonna just, buy you a Nick I, Chubb jersey and send it to your house. With a, Goat's head chopped off. Oh, <laughs> the goat. <laughs> I but uh, I'm just a Duke Johnson guy. I really am, and I'm all I'm 150 percent a Kareem Hunt guy. Yeah. So I don't care if Kareem Hunt just buries. I don't think so. I think Nick Chubb will be utilized, kind of like Seattle's got the two running back offense. I think Nick Chubb will. I think Nick Chubb will obviously be utilized, but I think I'm hoping Kareem Hunt just breaks records. I hope he just kills it. I think, uh, so I had this conversation with someone, another Seahawks fan, actually. Uh-huh. I actually think Nick Chubb is going to be utilized. So, Kareem Hunt doesn't play till week eight, mm-hmm. week nine, technically. Yeah. And uh, I think Nick Chubb is going to be the guy, even post-Kareem Hunt, just because I think Nick Chubb is that good. Right. It might be a hot take on my part, but, yeah. So, that that's kind of our takes on Baker's trajectory. You know, we both think that he has something special, but, like... Uh, Riker said, this is all just speculation as of now. Right. I mean, he's putting in the work. He's getting better, but he still has to prove it on the field. Like, right. We can't just go off he had a good rookie year. So, uh, I don't know. You wanna do, do you want to do our uh, 15 things, our yeah. $15 things, or do you want to talk about the AAF? I want to do whatever. But I, I do want to add this. I would like to be wrong about 9-7. and seven. I would like the Browns to go 16 and 0 for all I care. Oh, I like it, Lewis Reddick. Yeah, I think that sounds better. I think uh, I think everyone that isn't, you know, a Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincy fan is a closet Browns fan. I think everyone wants to see the Browns do well. I'd yeah. like to see it be the time. I think Cleveland needs it more than anything, especially with LeBron leaving again. You know, the Cavs have just been nothing. The Indians have always just kind of been whatever. But <laughs> I think the Browns. This is the Browns' Disrespect. time. The Browns have been. Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Pistons and Pirates fan, so I don't. What the? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care about Cleveland sports. Well, but man, I, we used to go at it with Pistons versus Cavs, and I was yeah. just like, Riker, it's not 2004 anymore. <laughs> We're <laughs> we, in the present, man. This yeah. is LeBron James versus. Right. <laughs> but which would always it would piss me off too because Golden State. Would, we would always hand Golden State an L. We would always split the season series. 
But I'm like, well, we can beat Golden State. Who says we can't beat Cleveland? And then Cleveland would just waffle stomp us. <laughs> I'm like, Golden State beats Cleveland every that year in the 2017 yeah. playoffs against you guys. So the year after we'd won the finals, and everyone was like, oh, the Cavs can't go back to the finals because they don't play defense. I mean the they sweep. came in, and Stanley Johnson got his lunch money taken by LeBron James. Yeah. That was a sweep. I can't, that I, was not even – that was a that was a mopping. We paid. That was a Zamboni. Two of the Zamboning. Game. I mean, two of the games we were down by four points. We were up going into the fourth quarter, so you know. But we paid tribute this year with the Milwaukee series, and we got our asses handed to us again in a four-zero sweep. I had a dream last night, literally just last night, that Blake Griffin was known as the best player in NFL NBA history. Weird dream. It's because he is. No, he's not. He is. He's the funniest man in the NBA. <sighs> game of Zones said so. All right. God, I miss I miss that series. I miss that series. Oh, so if you want to, we could talk about the AAF real yeah. quick. Uh, screw these fifteen dollar charts. Oh, and we could talk about the final game one finals before we're done. That works. That works that? for me. That absolutely works right. for me. Sorry that we we're planning the show as we're on here. I'm just trying to be Joe Rogan. It that's was, all I'm trying yeah, to it be. Was it's last. not. That's not the big of a. That's not that big of a stretch. I just want yeah. to be Joe Rogan. I can be uh, shit. Jamie. No, no I, I'm going to oh. be, uh, shit, the name of the, the Tesla guy, the name oh, of... Oh, Elon Musk. Yeah, I want to be Elon Musk. Riker, just, put the weed away. I want, I want to sit here smoking my blunt, not giving a shit. You I, gotta, I need someone to be my Jamie. Someone needs to be my assistant, where I can just look Isaac. at them and say, look it up. It's Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Isaac, look this up. Uh, it's not He's live. a Patriots fan. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to fact check anything. Because, oh, I thought you meant your brother, Isaac. No. I'm like, no, he's not. He's a Carolina fan, that no. bandwagon. Right, well... Isaac, I don't know. My girlfriend's a Patriots fan, like I said before the show. So, I, uh, I kind, I kind of have have to respect the Patriots, which I do. I love Tom Brady. Go blue. I love Tom Brady so much, and I love that he's got six rings, and I respect that all the Tom Brady. But I don't want to. Yeah. I don't. Your girlfriend's name's Taylor, right? Yeah. Taylor, we are wishing you that you keep feeling better. I saw uh, yeah. from Rikers, Facebook, you had surgery, so hope you keep feeling better if you're listening. Um. But yeah, so it was Riker's idea to talk about the AAF, so I'm going to let him go ahead and I'm going to let him talk about whatever he wants and ask me whatever he wants about I, it, and we're just going to shoot the shit about the AAF. Yeah. I just kind of want to say, fuck the Carolina Hurricanes, because their, own, their owner, I think, was the one that that really pushed in for the AAF, and then he's the one that pulled out and folded it. That's what and, she said. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm just... Go Boston Bruins for sweeping the Carolina Hurricanes and doing justice to the AAF. I just wanted I wanted wow. to br- I, wa- I wanted I wanted to bring it up because I thought the AAF was perfect, and I think it's like what the XFL was a while back. It's introduced a lot of things that the NFL could probably use because before the XFL there wasn't sideline reporting, you know there wasn't national anthems there wasn't you know there wasn't booth reviews there wasn't any of this. And one thing I have all hail Vince McMahon. Let's bring the well, it is coming back, but let's make the XFL great again. Johnny's going to be the Hall of Fame quarterback. He was, he's the Memphis Express Hall of Fame quarterback already. But I thought that, yeah, I thought the AAF and anyone that watched the AAF, I picked San Antonio. I was lazy. I just picked it because I like the all red. You know, pays tribute to my car real well, my hair and all that. But Ruby, Ruby, but. I love I love I, I picked San Antonio and I love rooting for him. I thought Kenneth Farrow was an absolute monster playing for him. I thought Logan Woodside was whatever. Fuck the Bengals. I thought you know, 
I just I love watching former Mac quarterback Logan Ooh. Woodside, except for he got caught drunk driving. Right. So he never got. His so he got to punished. Play. He got punished as an eternity as Andy Dalton's backup. But uh, <laughs> that's g- the most hell purgatory. Yeah, ginger headed fuck. But uh, <laughs> but um, I I loved watching it, and especially after that first game, like five seconds in, we're playing the San Diego Fleet, and we just knocked the quarterback's head clean off. And I knew right then and there, this league is not the NFL. In the NFL, Roger Goodell would have given you a death sentence for a hit like that. And it was a clean hit. But it was just brutal. And the the AAF, it was less strict. I thought it was less strict about defense. It was less strict about, you know, the player celebrations. It was less strict. All these rules that have been crippling the NFL. And I think the NFL felt threatened, which is why I don't think the NFL wanted anything to do with it. Because the AAF wanted to get some of the NFL's weaker players and develop them into better players so that teams could give them this. That was the whole point. But I think what people saw was the AAF ran a lot better than the NFL's run in the last few years. I I absolutely think that the AAF, AAF should have stuck around simply because, the G, I mean, you look at the Warriors right now and they're just shooting people out of the G League. And yeah. they're starting. That kid the other night started, only played like three yeah. minutes. I'd never heard of him before. Right. Um, there was a couple guy on the cat, two or three guys on the Cavs this year. Yeah. And it's just, and you go to baseball, who yeah. has the best farms. Baseball has the best minor league system in all of sports. Yeah. You know, all absolute all stars have came from there. Right. And with baseball, some of it is because these, um, you know, these. Uh, cur- Caribbean, Dominican, mm-hmm. um, kids from Mexico that can't go to university. Yeah, the immigrants. Get a play here. And they, uh, it helps them grow like Frankie Lindor, Jose Ramirez. Yeah. And it just, uh, it's it's something that really needed to stick around. Right. Um, I think it should, I think they sh- should start something back up with that for sure. Right. And I think, Hockey's the same way too. Hockey has so much minor leagues that a lot of the pros scout the minor league because college hockey's not all that, you know, popular. I mean, Michigan had a fairly popular team back in the '90s, but other than that, that's the most I've ever heard of college hockey. A lot of professional hockey players come from the minor league, like the Fort Wayne Comets. Even it's not just in Canada. The U.S. I was watching uh, the NHL and I think CBS. I don't remember. There was a guy that came on that said Fort Wayne is such a great hockey town. It's uh, just the culture here. In, in Fort Wayne, shout out to Fort Wayne, they've got a great semi-professional sports, you know, the Mad Ants, the Comets, the Tin Caps. Tin Caps. I love it all. Hey, Corey Kluber actually started at the Tin Caps right there. Yeah. I have a Fort Wayne Wizards hat that I bought at Lids two weeks ago. What? I'm selling Fort Wayne Wizards hats. How still. much? It was like $25. And it's a flat bill, but anyway, back to back. But, I want one of those. But anyway, like I said, and this guy's saying all this shit about Fort Wayne, and it's semi-pro hockey. And he's saying, yeah, the pros have a lot to thank because of cities like Fort Wayne that have these great minor league teams that develop such stars. I don't see why the NFL could be any different. And they were partnered with the NFL. They were on NFL Network. They were on CBS. And it was ex-NFL guys, and they were affiliated with NFL teams. Pete Carroll, I remember, had a comment saying that this is one of the best things that could happen to football. This is absolutely great. This is something that needs to happen for player development. It gives these players second chances, and it lets the game grow. Mm-hmm. It's 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 bigger. It's bigger than college NFL. There's a medium in between that now. Yeah. 
and I thought the AAF was perfect for that. And there was a lot of fan excitement, and it was in a lot of teams that wanted pro football teams. Like Salt Lake wanted a pro football team. San Antonio, like the Raiders were rumored to go to San Antonio for a while. And I just thought, well, actually because they have Spurs colors. But, you know, like Birmingham, like everyone in Alabama just loves football. You know, it's it's Roll Tide and the five people that still cheer for Auburn, you know. Yeah. It's, people, people love football football in Alabama, and they want a pro team, and when Birmingham got it, that was like the centerpiece team. They sucked ass, but they were like, oh, we got Derrick Henry good for a couple two-yard fall in the end zone touchdowns, but you know, Birmingham was like the spot, and then Orlando, obviously, and there's so many pro football teams in Florida, I would see why Orlando wouldn't get a team. All these teams, like Orlando was selling out stadiums, San Antonio was selling out stadiums, yeah. and it was still going on, and I remember week one of Birmingham, uh, not Birmingham, week one of AAF football beat out the Rockets Warriors game on NBA Prime Time. I think, I think it was on TNT or ESPN. I don't remember. I, rem- I remember that. But they beat out the ratings. And I'm like, and it's not like the Warriors and Rockets are flukes. I mean, the Warriors are the face of the NBA, and the Rockets are that almost the face of the Western Conference if you take Golden State out. So these are two high key NBA teams that everyone loves, unless, you know. Probably the two highest yeah. face, probably the two highest. Yeah. Teams in the NBA, yeah, pretty popularity. much because fuck the East. But uh, but uh, Amen. these like I'm saying, these teams are no joke, and the AAF is beating them in the ratings, not by much, but beating them by in the ratings. And the ratings, you know, they slid a little bit, but that's what you expect. You know, it was week one, it was exciting, but they were still getting enough. I don't see why, and I just thought it was perfect. I was excited, and I was like, Sam, I'm like, they're going to rig it like Goodell rigs the NFL. I said, they're going to rig it because the championship game, the Alliance Bowl, was supposed to be in Las Vegas, but they moved it to Dallas. I'm like, that's San Antonio Commanders are your league champions. It's confirmed. They're bringing it closer to, you know, it's in Texas. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. But, like I said, and, like, with the XFL, I'll talk about the XFL. They have the TV deals now. I don't know if you've seen anything about that, but... I think CBS, ABC, ESPN have the TV deals for the XFL Oof. games, which is a lot smarter than the AAF went about. But the XFL... Didn't AAF play on, like, NFL Network? They played on the NFL Network and I think CBS. That's the channel that has Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had CBS and the NFL Network, and they would just play Saturdays and Sundays, which is great because that's college and pros, you know, Saturday and Sunday. But the XFL's got this TV deal, but the city locations... Only one of them doesn't already have an NFL team, and they're expecting to fill like MetLife Stadium, CenturyLink Field, Raymond James Stadium. You know, all these big. I think it was New York, Dallas, Houston, Seattle, St. Louis, which was the one that didn't have a Tampa Bay, um, and like three other cities. But they all have an. Uh, so is have, the XFL? Is it like same rules as the NFL? No, all it's that? it's completely different. It's a lot. If you ever watch the original XFL, it's a lot like that. But they're tweaking it, and it's more fan-friendly. I know they want to get rid of commercial breaks. They want to get rid of halftime shows. They want to make the game faster because, you know, in reality, the three hours to watch it four hours sometimes, it's kind of a drag, especially when most of it's just commercials. Especially when you're sitting there, you watch the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and then the 8 o'clock game. And that's what sucks for me having a team on the West Coast is we have to play 4 o'clock every week or bust Mm -hmm. unless we're, like, over here. But so I don't want to – if I – I don't, if I don't want to watch, and they keep the shit teams on the one, like, I don't want to watch fucking, you know. Detroit versus Jackson, the Bengals. Like, like, yeah, like Detroit and Cincinnati. I don't want to watch that. And then watch Seattle either get 
annihilated by someone like New England or barely win against the Arizona Cardinals, you know? Yeah. Because the Cardinals have our numbers, and that pisses me off because now they got Kyler Murray. I, I gotta go. <laughs> but, but it's just I don't know. It's they definitely should have kept the AAF around, and hopefully yeah. the XFL can help produce some. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to see the I just want to see the game bigger, and I'm getting thrown off. But I just want to see the game get bigger. I want to see the game expand, and because I, I know it's good for football. Yeah. If more eyes are on football, the bigger the game gets. Yep. Rather than the bigger one, you know, corporate conglomerate. That is already kind of under fire still to this day with, you know, with the, like with the advertising and with, you know, all this shit. And they then can't, they won't pay their players any of the revenue. Yeah, they won't pay the players revenue. They've already got, and they got the Kaepernick situation, which is a whole big controversy of its own. Regardless, there's people protesting because they don't want players to kneel. There's players protesting because they won't give Kaepernick. It's just the whole, like... A lot, of poli- a lot of politics. Yeah, a lot of politics going into football, and it, it shouldn't be that way. It should just be... I just want to watch dudes crush each other's souls. I know. I just want to watch Michael Sam come back and make the comeback player of a lifetime now. Wasn't he drafted in the top? No, he no. was supposed to be a top five He was pick. seventh round because he was Where'd gay. Where did he go to college? Missouri. He was co-SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He was a good player. And that's a player that I think, if he went to the XFL, if he went to the AAF, which he didn't, but if he wants one, it, it, it would be huge for him. People could see I'm this mom. And I still think he, you know, he went to, you know, St. Louis, who had a young Aaron Donald, who had, you know, um, shit, Buckeye. Uh, James, James Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis. They had this, they had this stacked defense at the time. They didn't have room for Michael Sam. Then he goes to the Cowboys, goes to the practice squad. Their defensive line, they still had uh, Demarcus Ware. They still had, yeah. you know, this somewhat decent defensive they didn't need him and that's where a system like the NFL eats you alive if the wrong team gets you you're screwed you're screwed but you have a system once you get cut it's just a spiraling of cuts after that like Hard Knocks is like the most heartbreaking show I've ever had to watch when I got fired from my old job I told them I want you to tell me that the boss needs me in his office and to bring my playbook (laughs) that's that's what I like it's so heartbreaking to watch and Mm. and like I said the AAF gave them another chance and I loved it, and I secretly liked it better than the NFL. Oh, I think everyone did, especially. The thing, I see. I never watched an AAF game. Yeah, they were they were beautiful. There was no kickoffs, which kind of sucked. I think there were field goals, but there weren't two point conversions that I remember. Well, there weren't PATs. You had to go for two. Yeah, that was the case. But there were allowed to be field goals. There's just no PATs. You had to go for two. Or that's exciting. yeah, that's exciting. But and then. Another thing I really liked was when plays went under review, you went in the booth and watched them talk it out. They had headsets connected to wires, and you could hear what they were saying, so there wasn't, hey, they're rigging this, hey, that's a bullshit call. You watched as it happened, when it happened. That, yeah, that, that is a cool and feature. That, and that's cool, too, because I feel like the refs have so much controls over the game. And you hear everyone say it, oh, the refs fucking hate us. You'll hear New England Patriot fans say it, too. And, you know... Their, yeah, ju- their jerseys, their jerseys might as well be pinstripes, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but <laughs> the refs just have so much control of the game, and to see something like that, it's just so much better. That, and I don't want to watch old dude from Fox Sports run his mouth while plays are under. That's another thing. Real tan, older dude. I forget his name. But 
head of officiating for Fox Sports. Oh, oh shoot! His name starts with a J. It's yeah, like Joe or something. I I don't I don't I don't want. I know talk exactly about. who you're talking about. He yeah. does the NBA now too. Yeah, he needs to fuck off. But uh, I gotta look that up. I know his yeah. name. Yeah, and I think the best thing about the AAF more than anything in the world, no Troy Aikman, no Chris Collinsworth, no Joe Buck, none of them. I love Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy I hate. Chris Collinsworth. Gene Steratore. Gene Steratore, that's who it is. I love Chris Collinsworth. And actually, Chris Collinsworth is the face of the insurance company that I work at, so that's kind Oh, uh, so I can't shit talk him? No. no absolutely not. No. And that's just because of the slide. Now, if I come in to check my insurance rates, is he going to come out and go, now here's a guy, coverage reminds you a little bit of Odell Beckham Jr., the way he just... Yeah, I that hate did him. sound like him. But no, he I won't hate. He won't just come in there. He'll slide into I the hate room. him. Chris Collinsworth voice puts me to sleep at night. No, it did. No. Not because he's boring, just because it's so. It's just because uh, yeah. I listened to him as a kid. Yeah. Now Chris, uh, Chris Collinsworth and Gus Johnson on the old Madden games that was clutch. But fuck Chris Collins. And while we're talking about why can't Gus Johnson get a job? He did for the AAF. Yeah, I don't know. He did for the AAF. Gus Johnson did a couple. He did the debut game, the San Antonio Commanders, the greatest team in AAF history. My question is why in the world? Yeah. This is going to transition us into the NBA, actually. Is Mark Jackson jobless? Tyron Lue jobless? But Frank Mother and Vogel has the head coaching job of the most coveted franchise in the NBA. What? Yeah. I. Mark Jackson built this yeah, built, Warriors team. Built the team we see today. Yeah. Just minus Harrison Barnes. That's all. That's all they did. Yeah. Exactly. And. He literally built that seventy three and nine team. Yeah. He he formed Clay like he helped form Clay Thompson into who he was. Yeah. Steph Curry, Steph Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green. He helped all these guys on defense especially. Right. And I'm not gonna shit on Steve Kerr. I no, like, I great like Steve coach. Kerr. Great coach. He was a great GM, but that's Mark Jackson's team. Yep. I and if and I'm not gonna complain because I like Dwayne Casey. I really do. He was coach of the year and then he got fired. <laughs> That's Toronto for you, but what do I know? They're yeah, in the, the finals. Pistons, the Pistons got a steal on that yeah, one. We got a steal, but to have to go through Stan Van Gundy and Mo Cheeks and Lawrence Frank to get to Dwayne Casey, I would have gladly have taken Mark Jackson. Yeah, easily. I think if if Toronto's goal was to get Kawhi all along, then I think. Firing Casey and hiring Nurse was great because yeah. Nurse is more of a let the guys kind of play type of coach. He's yeah. like a Ty Lu. And when you have a superstar, you need to let them play. You don't coach yeah. superstars. As I know people want to say, well, there's superstars that are coachable. Look at Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Yeah. Steve Kerr's sitting down the whole effing yeah. game. He's not doing He's, shit. He was out for back surgery, and Luke Walton led that team to, like, one loss. Right. You don't coach superstars. LeBron's never been coached. Right. What you do is at a timeout, you and your superstar draw up plays. That's just the reality. Right. People and want to say LeBron coaches and GMs. Yeah. Michael Jordan did it. Yeah. People just it's, like Kyrie Irving, who aren't even elite, yeah. I mean... People who are very, very talented I'm superstars. The, I'm wearing the Kyries. Don't disrespect me. Oh, I love Kyrie. Kyrie's yeah. going to the Lakers, so don't worry. Uh, Kyrie and I don't know who the second one's going to be. It might I, be AD. <laughs> it might just be Zion at this point. Like Who who knows? I, I mean, if I'm the Pelicans and I can get Zion. And AD. 
No, this is for the Lakers. I'm a Lakers oh. fan. Shut up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Captain Cleveland over here. This is, uh, this is, if I'm the Pelicans and I can get Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, the fourth overall pick, the and Zion Williamson. So you're starting with Drew Holiday, Zion, the fourth overall pick, Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram. That's a damn good young yeah. core. That's a damn good young core. And that's better than Anthony Davis because you yeah. don't want Anthony Davis and Zion to yeah. be your future because Anthony Davis is injury prone and he doesn't love New Orleans. Yeah, and he's getting up there in age. Yeah, and if Zion, so. if Zion has no reason to not love the New Orleans because David Griffin's a great GM. Yeah. He'll spend money. He spent all of Cleveland's money and more. <laughs> he and new people are acting like New Orleans is like some. No, they're acting like it's Cleveland. No, it's it's, people, it's gorgeous in New Orleans. Yeah, and I'm so tired of this New York Knicks need basketball because New York's a basketball town. No. Okay, we're both from Ohio. Yeah. When we think of basketball, are the Knicks not like your twentieth team you <laughs> yeah. think of? I honestly God think of the Nets before just because yeah. of Vince. Oh, not yeah. Vince Carter. Yeah. Vin- no. Art, no. RJ and Jason. Yeah, Dr. J. And, wait, that, I mean from my time. Jason Kidd. Yeah, watching RJ, uh, Rich, God, RJ Jefferson. Right. And Richard Jefferson, also known as. Yeah. And Jason Kidd, with those Nets, you Don't know, and then Paul Pierce and Darren Kevin Williams. <laughs> Darren Williams. Oh, man, Darren went, Williams. He went missing. He went missing when he got to the Nets. Yeah. But, anyway, I think of the Nets. Yeah. Before I think of them, and I honestly like the Pelicans. They're not up there as teams I think of, but New Orleans is. I mean, yeah. no one's ever complained about New Orleans. You right. got good food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zion's from the South. Well, I could be. Isn't Zion from? No. He, uh, is he from Louisiana? Let's no, look there's no way. But I think of basketball towns. I think of, I think of L.A. I think of Boston first. Yep. Obviously, then I think of Chicago. I think Miami even. I can think Miami just because they've got that recent history. They've got, you know, the longevity. Where's he from? He's from South Carolina. So he's from the South. Yeah, he's from the South. I mean, South Carolina, Louisiana, same kind of food, same yeah. kind of weather. I think of Toronto a little bit. They got, And that's more 90s to now, I think, of Toronto. Well, and because with Toronto, you don't think of the Blue Jays and they don't have football. Right. I think of, I think of the Vince Carter era, and then I think of the Chris Bosh era. And then I think of up to now, you know, when they had Terrence Ross and, you know, all of them. And now I think Kawhi, obviously, they're in the finals. So I think Toronto gets up there. You forgot my boy Kyle Lowry. Stud. Muffin. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little more concerned about DeMar DeRozan and San Antonio, who I also think of more than New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah, San Antonio. When I think of basketball, my Houston. first teams are, I think, the Lakers. I think Boston. I personally think the Cavs. And then I started thinking of teams like San Antonio, yeah. Dallas Mavericks. Houston Rockets. Even. Houston Rockets. I personally think of the Memphis Grizzlies because they've just been good yeah. my entire life. Consistently. But, yeah. but because they haven't been the Golden State Warriors, nobody wants They haven't been the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. They haven't been, you know. Yeah. I. So, I actually, before we talk about the finals, if we get to that, I, something more important. I kind of want to go through, since I kind of talked about what I would do, and I might have a different narrative in my head, too. You're David Griffin right now. Yeah. Pel- you're, you got the first overall pick. You've got, I'll pull up some of the roster right now, but you've got obviously Drew, Drew Holiday, Holiday, who's expensive. you got Anthony Davis, who's expensive. And then you got a couple young guys that played well last year. Yeah. What do you do? Do you keep him? 
Uh, talking about AD, do you try to trade both of them and start completely fresh? Uh, oh, you still have Julius Randle and Jalil Okafor. Yeah. Um, Alfred Payton. Right, I like Alfred too. Yeah. They have Stanley Johnson. I forgot about that. He's not very good, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, well. So that's basically like, that's kind of your team. What yeah. do you do if you're David Griffin? Now, Lakers wound up with the fourth. fourth. I think what I would do... That's tough. And New Orleans has number one? Yep. Yeah. I forgot because I wanted New York to have number one. But I think what I do is I'll trade AD for a draft pick. What I do is I take the fourth, I draft Zion, and then I try to take somebody else. And Zion's going to take AD's spot. So I would focus on, you know, another potential. Can you imagine Zion and Julius Randle as your posts? Yeah. But I think AD wants out. Obviously, I think AD, you know, he's unhappy. I think he, everyone knows he wants to go to L.A. LeBron wants to build a super team in L.A., especially if they can get Kyrie Irving there, too. I think the Lakers are going to be totally fine with giving up a draft pick. And it don't matter if it's, you know, right after the lottery, it's number four. It don't matter. The Lakers want a team, they want it now. New Orleans wants a face of the franchise, and they want to build. You can get Zion, who's the hottest prospect in basketball. He's what A.D. was when he drafted A.D., I still have a couple of his rookie cards, actually. But you have a... Uh, fuck, if, they might lose value. But uh, huh. uh, for my card's sake, I say, fuck Zion. No. But uh, obviously, I think you trade for the fourth, you get Zion, and then you address them, maybe get a shooting guard, or maybe just get a role player that you can put as a six-man spot or just on the bench that can come off the bench. Maybe get somebody that you can, you know, utilize is the word, facilitate, whatever, whatever the word is. I'm not good at English. Uh, but I think you get, you know, someone that can play a little bit less of a role, but you have Zion. You have the team that you have now that seems to gel together just fine. Mm-hmm. That seems, and Drew, he's not going anywhere. Drew wants to be in New Orleans, from what I understand. Ever since the Sixers got rid of him and he accidentally called the Pelicans of the Sixers on his first night there. I think, I think he's been paying his debts since then. But I think you just focus... On surviving in the West, I think you focus on building Zion. If Zion's anything like he is in college, he's not going to need much. He's just going to give him the ball and go. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Um. So I say trade the pick. If you're the Pelicans, do you trade down this trade offer from the Lakers? We get. I'm the Lakers. You're the Pelicans. Yeah. I call you up. All right, Riker. I want AD and Drew Holiday. Yours and this is who you're getting back. I'm gonna give you the fourth overall pick. I'm gonna give you Lonzo Ball. I'm gonna give you Brandon Ingram, and then I'm gonna give you someone like um, Wagner or Josh Hart. Yeah. So we'll say Josh Hart. I'm gonna give you Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, and the fourth overall pick. I just want Drew Holiday, who's got an expensive contract, and yeah. Anthony Davis, who's got an expensive contract. So I'm helping you out. Yeah. Do you say no? I don't say no. I think it can help cap space. It can help get Lonzo Ball away from L.A. He, ne- I think Lonzo Ball needs the reboot, especially, like I said, if it all depends on that Kyrie Irving situation, too. If Kyrie comes, Lonzo's out. We know this. I think I take Lonzo Ball. I turn him into our guy. I turn him into our star. He's still young. He can still adapt. He's got the LeVar shit out of his head. He's become this new player. I think I work on him. Obviously, Brandon Ingram's a win, regardless. And I think getting... You said you had the draft pick? Yep. Obviously, you get the draft pick. So, we can draft a little reassurance, a point guard, if we need to. Um, 
and obviously we still have the first overall pick, so Zion's ours. So Anthony Davis for Zion, I think that equals out as injury prone as Anthony Davis is. I think the mileage on Anthony Davis, the fact that he wants out, you get Zion who wants to just be somewhere. Yeah. Zion, he pretty much, I'll play for anybody, but obviously I know I'm going number one overall. Let's not fucking bullshit around. And we have the number one pick. We have that power. We're yeah. Superman in this situation. If you're the Pelicans, you'll be starting, presumably yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Lonzo Ball at point guard. You know, Josh Hart at the two guard. Yeah. Uh, maybe Alfred Payton could be in there. Stanley Johnson. Yeah. Um, Julius Randle and Zion Williamson. So then you draft at four overall. Maybe somehow R.J. Barrett falls, or you get a Darius Garland, or you get a Jarrett Culver, or a DeAndre Hunter. And, I mean, you've got a great young core, and that team's not going to do very well. So you're going to have another good draft pick. Right. But I think, obviously, especially in the West, where young teams have kind of made a name for growing, like Oklahoma City managed to grow from a young team. Denver's a young team. They almost made it to the conference final. The Warriors? Yeah, the Warriors clearly are the poster child for it. The Trailblazers have taken, you know, McCollum and Lillard and all them. They've grown with them. So Utah. I think, Utah's grown. Yeah, Utah, especially with... The Rockets have done shit. <laughs> draft-wise. Yeah, but, but I think New Orleans, it's all a matter of, you know, trusting the process. Obviously, I hate to use the Sixers as a reference, but you trust the process, you build, you develop. Like I said, Lonzo can grow as a player. You know, Julius Randle, I fucking love. I love him. He's the last guy from a Kobe team. You know, obviously, he knows what success is like. Yeah. You know, a little bit because he was in the later years of Kobe, but he knows what success is like. He knows he's worked with, you know, veterans that know the game. He's learned from it. Played at a prestigious college. Yeah. He can kind of not slip into the AD role because obviously Zion gets the leadership role but I think he can kind of slip into that mentor the the veteran role Julius Randle can ball yeah he can ball I wanted him I wanted him in Detroit so bad but we got Jody Meeks instead so fuck huh. my life <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like but yeah but I'm like you know Jody what Jody Meeks is someone who's always supposed to been so good just is always like yeah he's just but I think with that lineup obviously Josh Hart Brandon Ingram I think that's an 8 seed at best, I think maybe they'll show at 9 or 10 for a couple of years. But I think once they get going, and with the Warriors maybe disbanding, they can come up to be an 8 seed. And then from there on, it's just the West is crazy. The West is insane. I think the Lakers are building up to take the Warriors' spot. I think you know San Antonio is always going to be consistent. Memphis is always going to be consistent. I think Houston's in the playoffs regardless. Uh, Denver's growing. So there's really Utah. only... Yeah, Utah. So there's really only one or two spots that you can claim in the West. Yeah, but. I think so. People are so concerned about the Lakers. I'm not worried at all. They did this yeah. every year with the Cavs. Right. LeBron's gonna get at least one superstar. They have room for two max deals. Right. So if you're now Rob Palinka, who's apparently running everything, right? Allegedly, which is just ridiculous because he also said that Kobe Bryant met Heath Ledger six months after he died. Right. <laughs> if you're Rob Palinka. Who are the two superstars you go after that are that fit your style with a LeBron? And uh, so we're gonna say no trades involved. So you still have that young talent. Right. What two guys do you? What one or two guys do you go after that are maybe elite or just really good players like a D'Angelo Russell? I think if I'm the Lakers, I don't go after D'Angelo Russell because no, I'm just saying yeah. like either on that level or a KD. I level. know. I'm saying. 
I really want to see Clay Thompson go to the Lakers. I think keeping him in that division, you know, obviously. Playing with yeah. a guy like LeBron will yeah. increase Clay's numbers yeah. tenfold. I think Clay Thompson, and I think it's the inevitable. The sports center's even taken notice to it. I think you get Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie and Clay at the one and two, and then LeBron, and then whoever you want to put at your four and five. Kyle and Brandon. Yeah. I don't even give a fuck if JaVale McGee is your starting center. I don't care. But I think just those first three. I think, obviously, you're one and two, and then LeBron a small forward. I think that alone gets you to the finals, even in the West, because Kyrie in Boston's just not been Kyrie in Cleveland. But I think Kyrie in Cleveland was magical. He was already magical enough, but he was Kyrie in Boston and Cleveland before LeBron showed up. But people thought he was a superstar because it was Cleveland post-LeBron. You add Kyrie, add LeBron, they're going to have the same magic they did in Cleveland, and now Golden State's out of the picture, especially if Klay Thompson goes. And you have Klay Thompson. Yeah, yeah. and then you add Klay Thompson to the Lakers, who I think without Steph Curry is a whole different monster. I think without Kevin Durant, without Draymond Green, without Boogie Cousins, you know, without fucking Superman and Iron Man and fucking Thanos and everyone that's on the fucking Warriors right now. So, I think it's inevitable if Kevin Durant signs back with the Warriors, obviously Klay Thompson has to leave. But if KD leaves, I think Klay Thompson stays. Yeah. But in this situation, if the Lakers are starting Kyrie, Klay Thompson, Brandon Ingram, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, the Warriors would probably be starting Steph Curry, insert name here. Right. KD, Draymond Green, uh, Jordan Bell. Right. That's not going to be just, okay, Warriors won. That, yeah. That's not going to be anymore. That's, Clay Thompson's more important to that team than yeah. Kevin Durant. I fully believe that. I, they went. I always think of it. They they went seventy three and nine. Sorry, I burped. They went seventy three and nine without KD. They don't need KD. Part big part of that seventy three and nine is Clay Thompson going off for twenty plus every second half. Yeah. Clay Thompson just being an absolute monster and being Steph Curry's other half. I think we see a different Steph Curry without Clay Thompson too. Yeah. Because Steph's assist numbers go down without Clay Thompson. And yeah. they can still Andy be doesn't there. doesn't get as open. Yeah. They, like I said, they can still be there, but Clay Thompson has a way of getting open. He can shoot from anywhere. Clay Thompson's an absolute monster. I think, and he's been there for it all. Andy. He's been there. He is Golden State in a way. Him and Steph are Golden State. The Splash Brothers are still, yeah. you know, they're still the identity of Golden State. I think Clay Thompson goes and goes to a team like the Lakers. That's dangerous. Yeah. He could be dangerous anywhere else, but with LeBron and. Possibly, uh, possibly Kyrie, possibly Anthony Davis, possibly anybody, possibly Kawhi Leonard, yeah, you know, possibly anybody, but let alone just him and LeBron. That's Kemba dangerous. Walker's another name to look yeah. after. And Kemba, so, Kemba, I just feel bad for. Yes, poor guy. Charlotte's just been nothing. Poor yeah. guy, he's stuck in basketball purgatory. All right, so we've got like three minutes. Yeah, I want to cover one last thing. Yeah. I want your take on this finals. How many games, who wins, who's the MVP, that kind of junk. I, as much, I I wanted to say Toronto in six. Ooh. But Boogie Cousins is back game one. And I think that plays a huge role in it. I, st- I want to say Toronto with the bottom of my heart, but it's their first finals. I think Kawhi's never been on that stage. Well, he has in San Antonio, my bad. You know, he's the Kingslayer for a reason. Lowry's never been on yeah, there. Siakam, Lowry's never been in Gasol. there. Yeah. It's just, it's a whole new situation, and I forgot Kawhi was the Kingslayer for a second, because that feels like 
Miami, Miami LeBron was just so I'm long currently ago. Currently flipping him off. Yeah, Miami LeBron was so long ago. So my bad for that. I know my basketball. Hold on, my bad for that. But this is just a whole new situation for Toronto as a whole. You got Drake on the fucking sidelines, running his mouth constantly. I still think there were a couple calls against Milwaukee that shaped the whole, that whole series. I don't think the wrong teams in the finals. Don't get me wrong, because they came back from two zero and one and six. I and anyone that can make fucking Joel Embiid to his knees crying like a bitch. That's the guy I want to roll with. But sounds like a Godsmack song. Yeah, quit crying like a bitch. But uh, I think Golden State. But I think Golden State in seven. I think it's a fight. So. I personally don't think Boogie's going to make that much of a difference because I don't think he's going to be able to play much because he's going to be out of shape as hell. Right. So, with that being said, I think Siakam is going to shut yeah. down Clay Thompson. Right. And I think Lowry is going to shut down Curry. And I think Kawhi Leonard's going to get to rest on defense this series. I don't yeah. think many people are thinking that, but Kevin Durant will not play in this series no. if I had anything, if I had a guess. Which really sucks. It it does suck for him. Like, you don't want to see people get injured, even though I don't respect what he did. I don't either. I understand what he did for his own personal sake, but also right. he still needs to get to, he needs to climb this mountain. And he needs to get to Everest himself, right. not take a helicopter up. Helicopter being Stephen Clay. I think... Raptors and six. Yeah. I th- uh, no, that's still the Warriors. Yeah. I'm thinking Raptors and seven. They're gonna go two and zero at home. They're gonna go zero and two through games three and four. And they're gonna they're gonna go four and zero at home, three and zero on the road. That's my that's my feeling. I think Kawhi Leonard's gonna be otherworldly because I don't think they have someone that can stop him. Right. Um. Andre Iguodala is not a very good defender, people. He somehow won that finals MVP. Blows my damn mind. The guy he was guarding averaged a triple-double with 40 points on 55% shooting. I was happy for him, though. Piss off. I was happy for six for Iguodala. And Draymond can't stop Kawhi Leonard. And here's the thing. Kawhi Leonard and Siakam can switch off and on. Like, there's just so many things these Raptors can do. All I right. think Gasol versus Bogut is honestly going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I truly think that. And then I think Ibaka, it won't be able to be stopped on the offensive end. He'll be able to get boards over Draymond. I think on defense he'll be fine with boards. And if he hit a couple, he can hit more shots than Draymond, but he can't play make like him. But I think the Raptors will win this series, personally. Right. I just want to see justice for Dwayne Casey, go Pistons. That's all I got to see. That's all I gotta say. I want the rap. I want the Raptors. Yeah, me too. Bad, but I, 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 I gotta play it safe. While before the Warriors right off into the sunset, I gotta pick. That's fair. I gotta pick Golden State. I respect it. Finish the dynasty. Well, is there anything else you want to cover? Not on this episode, no. But if, I cannot wait to have you back. On. I got. I got a feeling the listeners don't want me back. But I uh. I told Isaac after our first episode, I'm like, I'm going to want you back on. And yeah. he did, he just thought I was kind of like bullshitting him. Right. I texted him like four days later. So, All right. yeah. And me and Riker already talked about if we can't meet in person, uh, we'll do it all over internet somehow. But yeah, Riker, Shaquem Griffin, thank you for joining me. DuPont uh, champion. I felt uh, blessed. I got both my hands. Go check him out on... Check me out on the Instagram. It's at Baja Raja on Instagram. I'm just a clown that loves Baja Blast. That's all it is. Check me out. I'm on Facebook, just Riker Redding. He's, 
If yeah. you want to see good memes, follow him on I'm, Facebook. I'm put my own face on him. It makes it better. It makes it more relatable. And he made my cover photo, so go give that a shot a shot on Facebook. But yeah, Riker, thank you for coming in. It's been it's been awesome. It's been a pleasure, man.